Welcome to Mental Money, the podcast that empowers minority women in business to unlock their financial potential. Get ready to shift your mindset, break through barriers, and transform your relationship with money. Join us as we dive into practical strategies, expert insights, and inspiring stories that will elevate your financial success. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, aspiring businesswoman, or just starting your journey, this podcast is your go-to resource for mastering money and achieving true financial empowerment. Get ready to level up your mindset and maximize your money with mental money. Okay, you're listening to the Mental Money Podcast. This is your host, Natalie. Thank you for coming back. If you are a return offender, if you're not, and this is your first time here, then I really appreciate you coming. Um, I know today's episode, just because of what we talk about and um, all the grant goodies that's been going around, this episode is going to be extremely valuable in the like two minutes, like five minutes that we've been speaking already. I've already learned like what I need to know about my own life. So I appreciate you, Alyssa, for coming on today. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. So Alyssa, uh, first of all, we met on TikTok randomly. Yes. So you actually, it's interesting that I found your comment on someone else's, uh, com- I found someone your your comment on someone else's page that was sent to me by someone that's in my community because they're always sending me like grant stuff, right? Okay. And I was just like, okay, this young lady just mentioned that she reviews grants. So I was just like, um, yeah, let's get into it, right? So I think, I don't know who messaged who first, but I think it's kismet that we met or that we connected because I'm sure you have a lot of insight for individuals who just are having such a hard time navigating that process. And they, for them, it's just the hardest thing to kind of wrap their minds around. So, um, Alyssa, thank you again for coming on. I'm going to say thank you like four times. It's okay. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Like I mentioned, yeah. this is my first podcast interview, but I'm excited to be of service to the people. So, okay, good. So, tell us a little bit about your background. You mentioned that you were military, Navy. Yes. Thank you for your service. I appreciate the support. I enlisted in the Navy in 2015. Um, and I served for the last eight years. I just got out last December. Um, and like mm. we spoke about a little bit before, I had the opportunity to network with a lot of different kinds of people while I was serving. And that led mm. me to some of what I'm doing now, which is reviewing grants as they come in for a collection of different people and companies. Right. So you kind of mentioned in short that you, one of the common misconceptions is that grants come from the donation side of things like or nonprofit side of things could you help clear up that common misconception yes so a lot of what um i do in reviewing grants is reviewing either grant application grant questions that come in pre-application things like that and one of Mm -hmm. the most common um misconceptions is that this funding or that this quote-unquote free money is coming from a bunch of Fortune 500 companies that want your IP, that want your ideas, that want your content, that want your business idea, whatever the case is. And a lot of people don't realize that most grant funding actually comes from private foundations, whether it's mm-hmm. a foundation set up by someone who is no longer here and they had a vested interest in a particular industry, whether it is a collection of businesses, whether it be small businesses, local businesses, or multi-million dollar businesses that set up foundations right. to serve a specific purpose. So right. So it's not like all altruistic. <laughs> it's not always, no. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest. Eight out of ten times it is self-serving, whether it's for PR, whether it's for a tax write-off, whether it's for incubation of something that they're working on or whether they're looking Mm -hmm. for talent. A lot of times they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it because it serves a purpose to them and it's easier for them to cut a check and have someone do something or work on something. Again, whether it's just PR, then again, you get something out of it. Right. No, that makes sense. So with that in mind, right, it's not altruistic. It's not all altruistic, right? Mm -hmm. There's a tax incentive. There's some kind of incentive for the companies to do that. But what, so now that we know that, how to approach the application or how would you suggest that we approach the application with that in mind? 
I think I've learned a lot in the last six months. And I always tell people that either come to me with questions, people that I know personally, that when you're applying for a grant or funding of any kind, the number one thing that you need to ask yourself is how am I going to be of service? And it's not just of service mm -hmm. to that business or whomever is giving you this money, but to the people yep. that they're expecting your product or your service to serve. And once you mm -hmm. have a clear answer as to what you're doing and why you're doing it, it becomes a lot easier to answer the questions. It becomes a lot easier if you have to do an interview um, for the grant to you know, speak as to why certain things are the way they are, why you operate the way you do. And I think it's very important that people understand their why before they apply yeah. for grant. That's a good point. Because when I tell people like, hey, you should probably have a good idea going into it. Don't just ask for money. They're just like, huh? What do you mean? I'm like, no, girl, this ain't a handout. <laughs> yes. I, sometimes it is as easy as filling out a grant application. That's maybe mm -hmm. four to five questions. And someone just, you know, slides you a few thousand dollars. But a lot of times. Right. Ever felt you're just one step away from unlocking massive success? Imagine a space crafted just for you. The six-figure grant winner community is just that. Here, you're not just learning, you're bonding with fellow founders, getting first dibs to game-changing grant opportunities, and soaking up insights that can change your life through our monthly expert-led sessions. Be part of something bigger. Dive in with us today. Check out the link below in the show notes. The applications that I process, the benefactors genuinely want to know how is whomever I'm giving this money to going to help X, Y, or Z. Yeah, for sure. So, hmm. So then what are some common things that you see that will like automatically eliminate someone? Like it's not even, you don't even have to go through the entire application. You just see one thing. And it's just like, yeah, go ahead. You can go now. <laughs> okay. One of, there are a few things that um, when I see them, a lot of times the people that are funding the grants will ask us to kind of you know, weed out if we can, is people mm -hmm. that genuinely have no idea what industry they're in and how that industry mm -hmm. works. So if, for example, someone is in retail and the grant is for retail, whether it's for physical retail, e-commerce, what have you, um, if yeah. you are writing a grant or you're submitting a pitch, a pitch deck, and you're writing about your business, your product, that's great. But if you have no idea what industry you're in, what the market is right now, where it's going, projections, if you have no idea what the trends are, if you have no idea how to differentiate yourself within your industry, you know, put forward in a way that the grant funding committee can um, understand why right. they should choose you within this industry, whether it's competitive, whether it's new, whether it's understood. If you can't speak to your industry as though you are an expert, then so that's something that a lot of times we'll see a well, lot at least personally i've seen i'll review applications and sometimes i'll be like this is interesting this sounds mm. you know, like something that someone might be interested in funding however mm. you can't effectively communicate what you're doing why you're doing it how it's different from everybody else and a lot of times that is the reason people do not get these grants yeah this is going to be a lead magnet <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this clip right here i'm just gonna i'm just gonna save it right here this mm -hmm. one all right clip <laughs> because this is gonna it's, be a lead yeah. a lot of it has to do with the confusion and the purposeful mystification of grants mm -hmm. and funding yeah. and that is just the reality of it because i'm telling you six months ago before i started doing this i applied for my first grant maybe october or september of last year and i was lost Right. I yeah. didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to communicate what I was doing or why I was doing it. I just knew that I had a business. It was important to me. And so it had to be good enough for someone else to think, yes, we're going to give her some money. And that was not at all the case. There was a lot of learning. There was a lot of unlearning. There was so much that I had to figure out and learn. And I think that a lot of these things are mystified and kind of confusing. And that stops people from pursuing it. But once you have a base understanding, and there are certain principles that I've learned, again, knowing what industry you're in, mm -hmm. how to communicate what you're doing, how are you different, and mm -hmm. understanding what you're applying for, 
um, is makes the world of difference. I've seen so many people apply to grants that they are not eligible for at all. And it's like, did you read what the grant was for? Did you read the eligibility requirements? Did you understand if you're applying for an accelerator program, what is going to be required of you, what you may have to sacrifice, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times, I'd say 60% of the applications that we see aren't even eligible for the grants that they apply for. 60? 60%. Dang. So, okay. So shameless plug. Okay. Cause I don't give a damn. <laughs> Listen, so 60% of applicants aren't even qualified. And then you have the ones that might be qualified. Don't even know how to articulate what it is that they do. So what does that drop that down to? What, like maybe 20%? It's about 15%. 15% of people that I see apply to grants are eligible, have communicated well, have met the requirements, and get passed on to whoever evaluates it after I do. And a lot of times we'd see maybe, well, I've seen a lot of the applications that I process and move forward get funded. And it's because when I'm looking at your application, things that I'm looking for, primarily, the very first thing I look for is, are you eligible? Mm. If you're not eligible and you didn't understand you're eligible, I'm sorry, but I don't have the time to explain it to you. We're probably past the point in time where you can resubmit. Right. Your application is scrapped mm. because we don't have time to process and correct people and retrain and teach you. That's not my purpose yeah. when I'm committee or processing an application so a lot of times i'll see six out of ten applications get dropped and it's because they didn't understand what the requirements were or what the eligibility um, requirements were that they had to meet and unfortunately whether or not their business is good unfortunately i have seen application room like this is amazing but you're not eligible yeah and that's just the hard truth dang that's wild um Okay, well, also six-figure funding training because we'll teach you how to articulate your business. We'll teach you how to put yourself in position to to get to that fifteen percent. Okay, so wow, you know it, it it's it, it's not interesting. It's great that you're saying this because Sharita and I'm not calling anybody out. She's part she's part of our group. She knows I'm going to speak her name probably at some point. She mm -hmm. owns an employee resource, uh, a business that consults for employee resource groups, right? So she builds them out inside of corporations. And her business idea is like so needed now because of like diversity and inclusion. And it's interesting because before she did the training, she was just like, all right, I'm not even going to bother with this. This is too much. But now that she's doing it, she's just like, okay, where do I pull from my proposal to like get the answers. And she's already been funded out of like the first time that we've done the application since she's on her proposal. And I'm just like, girl, that's all they want to know is that you know what you're doing. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So the training then was like, I've discounted it for the community members for 300. So her grant has already pretty much paid for itself. Like Absolutely. paid for the training. Yeah. So, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So I'm doing the right thing. All right. Great. Have you ever been on any of my lives at all? I've seen some of the lives and I think I was on one on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't feel like the topic had, you know, something that would be of service to me and what I'm doing. Right. But I've been on there. I think I spend more time listening to the podcasts mm. um, on Apple than I do um, anything else. And that's just because that's where I have the most time. I'm either doing laundry or yeah. something like that. Right. The reason why I asked is because I want to see if you had any feedback on anything that I've done that mm -hmm. you wouldn't advise for or that you would advise for or like should keep doing or change up or like not do anymore. Because I, I actually tell people like, hey, I think you should apply anyway. Like this is how to position things. Yeah. Just don't do that. <laughs> so I think there there's a gray line and that's why okay. it's important to understand your why. I'm always, always, always going to tell people, understand your why. Because sometimes I'll see applications where I'm like, okay, maybe the way that your business is structured may make you ineligible for this grant. However, mm -hmm. you answered your questions, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of times behind the scenes, we can make exceptions for certain things. 
and people don't know or understand that. So mm. if everything else is right, and there's just one thing that either disqualifies you or maybe did not meet the eligibility requirements, I can go to either the fundee or the board and say, hey, this person meets every other thing besides this one thing. Maybe it's they're in a state that we didn't include in you know, the funding eligibility. Maybe they're a sole proprietor and they're not incorporated whatever it may be, they can say no, of course, mm -hmm. but we have gotten things waived or made exceptions if your application is good. Yeah, that's good to know. I need to write myself a note to ask you something before we go. Okay. Uh, if I say this, I'm, I'm sure I'll remember. Okay, so that's so interesting. All right, so... There's a there's a criteria essentially. Yes. If they don't meet these criteria, and they're they're not eligible to move forward. And it's does have to do with articulation. It does have to do with, you know, the actual business, the business structure. Is there anything else that you see that just kind of just like big no no? Definitely don't do hard and fast. I think I think one of the things that a lot of us see when we're processing the application is again. Where is your service? Where is the intention? And mm -hmm. a lot of it is me, 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 me. I want this for me because I'm going to do this, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, great. But every single business model out there has to do with being of service to someone else. When you sell someone a service, when you sell someone a product, it's not about you. Yeah. It's not necessarily about your business. It's mm -hmm. about the customer, it's about the consumer, it's about the person on the receiving end. So if your entire grant application is about you, why you need the money, what you're going to do with it, what you can't do without it, then a lot of times what we see for the people that I work for is that that's not what they're interested in. No. They don't care if your business is making six figures already. They don't care mm -hmm. if you're in pre-startup phase and you haven't earned a dime. We mm -hmm. want to know how is what you're doing, why you're doing it, going to be beneficial to the people receiving it? Okay, no, that makes sense. So let's say there was a question that, okay, we were going through this on live right before our call. So the one of the, it was the Fearless Fund application and it asks the first question. It says, tell us about why you started this business mm -hmm. and what makes you unique. How would you answer that question? I think two of the most common ways that I see people answer this question, again, is the self-serving answer and then the service answer. Yeah. And so what gets passed along or moved forward in the process all the time is the answer that has to do with service. Now, yeah. if you completely started your business out of a self-serving purpose, that is perfectly fine. But at some point you have to recognize Am I buying all of the services? Am I buying all of the products? Or is this meant to be for someone else? Right. And then when you get to that point, you have to think, once I'm here, how do I articulate what I turned my love or my passion into something that is beneficial for other people? And a lot of times, I think the answers that we see that gets the most no's would have to be, I started this business because I had a passion for X, Y, or Z, and mm -hmm. I wanted to turn that into a way that I could make a living, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. However, that can't be your full stop. No. <laughs> it cannot. After you turn your passion or your love for a business, what did you do? Right. Who was it about? Was it about you and just fulfilling your passion? Or after you got to that point, did you do something that was supposed to serve someone else because mm -hmm. that's how you scale yeah and in a, in a nutshell what these they're not saying that they're not going to fund someone who isn't you know in good standing be they're a startup and they don't have revenue to show in their application but what they want to know most of the time is that this money isn't just going to waste Regardless of the fact that they're getting a tax write-off, that it's good for PR, et cetera, et cetera, it's still money that can be utilized somewhere by someone, right? right? So if I'm yeah. going to get this money, whether or not you can guarantee me you're going to succeed, I want to know that you're doing something that has purpose. Yeah, no, for sure. Even like on this on the Fearless Fund application, like when we were reading through the like the, not quality, it's like their mission, their vision. I forget what I'm yes. trying to say. But 
um, they're saying that they want to work with companies that are scalable and have an aggressive growth plan. So yeah. if you have those things and if you were work, if you were hypothetically working to review the fearless fund, someone who just puts self-serving answers, it sounds like would be disqualified. So yeah. now how do you answer the question about um, the uniqueness? What makes their business unique? I think that is probably one of the most difficult questions to answer, in my opinion. And the reality is we we aren't all the same. We all don't think the same. And so people inherently think that because of that human aspect that they are unique and their business is unique without mm -hmm. realizing that regardless of the fact that people are different and we think differently, that your business model and how you're doing what you're doing may not actually be unique. Right. Um, this is the reason why knowing your why is important and knowing your mm -hmm. industry is important. Because if you don't understand those two things, one, you can't differentiate how you are unique from other prospective applicants. And two, you can't articulate it. So mm -hmm. I think when reading um, grant applications that ask, how are you unique? You need to understand this is the industry that I'm in. This is the standard. This is what other people are doing. You need to not just look at yourself, but you need to look at who are the prospective applicants. When mm -hmm. I'm applying for a grant or when I'm encouraging someone else to apply for a grant, I've thought about these things. If mm -hmm. I'm applying for a grant, and again, we're going to use retail. Um, a retail conglomerate is funding a grant. They want people that are scalable, X, Y, or Z. How am I unique? I have to think to myself, I... Solitaria is applying for this grant. This is what I do. This is how I do it. Is there somebody else like me that could apply to this grant? How mm -hmm. am I different from them? Mm -hmm. And that's the part that people don't think about and they miss when answering that question. Because again, yeah. they're thinking me, me, me and not thinking of who they're serving. If mm -hmm. I think to myself, how is my customer receiving whatever it is I'm selling? How is it good for either in a social aspect, mm -hmm. whether it's an environment um, aspect yeah. of your business, whether it's charity work, what have you, you have to think to yourself, is someone else doing that? And mm -hmm. even if they are, that's completely fine. But how you articulate what you do, why you do it, and how that may or may not be different within your industry is important. Yeah, 100%. So we recommend doing a, a SWOT analysis. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. again, prior military, I love SWOT analysis. Oh, yeah. I tell mm -hmm. people all of the time, if you can, especially if you have to submit, like, a pitch, include a SWOT analysis. Sometimes 100%. they don't ask for them. And it's sometimes okay to submit things that they don't ask for in grants mm -hmm. as long as you've met what their requirements are. It yeah. is, unless they say keep it to a 10-page minimum, Mm -hmm. you know, keep it to a 10 page minimum. But if you've answered all of their questions and met all the requirements in eight pages, include a SWOT analysis in page nine, you know, include something else in page 10, get mm -hmm. to the 10 pages and include more information so that they understand how you're different from everybody else that's applying. The great thing about SWOT analysis, and a lot of times when I'm doing them with other people, is that it forces you to see yourself or your mm -hmm. business in a different light. Yeah. And again, your why, your industry, is this is where this is going to show up. If I ask, what are your strengths? And again, it's me. I can do this. I can do that. I have done this or have done that. That's great. But how is that a strength within your industry? Mm -hmm. How is that going to show whomever is going to hand you this money that this is a strength that they can use to scale your business? Yeah. And that's when you start churning and thinking, okay, there are things that you may not have thought about as far as scalability, as far as being competitive, that you might have to, you know, change around how you answer things. You might have to shift your perspective and mm -hmm. answer them in a different way. Um, and a lot of times with SWOT analysis, when people see those things in black and white, especially when they're considering industry and who else may be applying for the grant that they ultimately want, it changes people's answers a lot of times. A hundred thousand percent. Yeah, that's um, that's probably one of my like secret weapons, like SWOT analysis. I I've had to rework. Um, and after our conversation off air, because I have a question for you, I think I might even have to rework my SWOT analysis again because okay. I've had to rework this thing so many times, just with the consideration of like, okay, 
there's new entrants into the market all the time, right? All of the time. People still, they borrow. Okay. <laughs> they borrow all the time. So <laughs> we have to constantly be looking at like what, and, and that's a threat in and of itself, like new entrants yeah. marketplace and then how replicable your business is. So if that's the threat, then you have to find ways to kind of like build in things that are native to making sure that those threats are eliminated. And that's, that's part of your SWAT because if I can, it's one thing to identify your threats or the things that you may not be good at and your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're going to include it in a grant application, you want to say, how am I combating these things? Yeah. Because you're essentially saying that, yes, I may not be X, Y, or Z. However, I understand that these are what my limits are right now. That's how I, this is how I'm working on it. This is what I'm going to do about it. These are the processes we have in place. These yeah. are the have in place and a lot of times I see things get funded um whether someone's startup over someone's established business because that established mm -hmm. business does not have an understanding of where yeah. their weaknesses are and how to yeah. combat them over someone who's just starting out your SWAT yeah. is so important even if it's not included in your grant to do yourself yeah. because it really does shift perspective yeah I I have to agree with you. And I feel like people don't want to do it because I don't think, and, and I'm, I can only speak for us because I deal with us, right? I don't know how white people or Indian people culturally deal with this, but our culture has a really big thing about like wrong and right. And I think that I have a theory about where that comes from, but we're not going to get into that. But, you know, right and wrong and like, and that kind of stems from not being able to kind of really face yourself and deal with yourself because, you to do a SWOT analysis, you have to be radically accepting of the fact that your idea may be trash. Yes, and I number one thing when I'm doing SWOT with people is that they cannot be honest with themselves. No, it's really hard to push and ask questions and try to get them to that realization without mm -hmm. coming off as dismissive or degrading. Yeah. But mm -hmm. what you have to realize while you're going through the SWOT analysis process is that a lot of times, once you have the answers to those questions, that becomes the basis for everything else. Everything, everything. How is your business unique? I've gone through my strengths and weaknesses. I've analyzed the market. I know my why. I know what industry I'm in. I can easily answer that question. And if someone mm -hmm. has to ask me a question about how I've answered it, I can give you a rebuttal. I can give you whatever it is you need. You right. can do that without a SWAT, but that SWAT is your foundation. And if you're not honest with yourself when you're doing it, you're setting yourself up for a real shaky. Right. You know? Yeah. Not even just grants, though. It's also running the business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and to me, so full transparency, because this is what we got to do, right? Yeah. When I first started online teaching about grants, I made the mistake of not understanding the call. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. I thought it was just like, all right, I, I got an impression. The Lord put it on my heart. To, Nat, you've been doing this for years. Teach the people what you know. These people need your help. Okay, girl, just teach people what you know. It's not going to be everything, but it's going to be some things, right? And then I was just like, okay, I see how this can work into my business model. So then mm -hmm. enter in now trying to create the challenge and getting people funded and blah, blah, blah. Alyssa, <laughs> I didn't, I did not conduct a SWOT analysis on mm -hmm. that element of the business and I did not eliminate those threats. And now I'm salty and now I'm mad. Because I see, I tell people, I do a swap for myself and anything that I'm doing on a yeah. quarterly basis. Period. It doesn't have to be when you first start the business. It's it's not something that you do once a year. Anytime you add a product or service that is different right. from what you're doing, anytime you pivot in your business, do a SWOT analysis. And if you can do them regularly, do them regularly because what was a a threat last month is an opportunity right. now month yeah and sometimes you have to adjust and if you don't know that you need to do that what i see people doing is i start a business i do a swat this is where i am this mm -hmm. is where you were when you started where are yeah. you right. what are the threats now what are the right. what are the potential threats next week right. and if you're thinking that i just use this as 
my end all be all, then you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. Mm, yeah. I, and again, so happy you're saying this because I've, um, I've told the ladies like, you know, uh, so I work with this one, another young lady, her name is Jolena. And when we first started in February, she had one version of her proposal. And okay. I told her then, like I told her a couple weeks ago, this is a leave, living, breathing document, Jolena. This is not going to look constantly changing. Absolutely. It's not going to look the same in a couple months. And she's just like, no, can I just pull from here? And I'm like, girl, no. So now I'm like, okay, you're going to rework this and how we're going to rework mm -hmm. it. But it's, it's constant, constant. And, and I wish, and I'm going to just kind of drill this home, not to be redundant, but y'all, if you're listening, if you understand, if you're listening to understand, if you're listening to comprehend, what Alyssa is saying is so valuable and what makes businesses survive past year one. 18% of businesses will fail in year one. Do not be part of that 18% because guess what? You're not assessing. And if you need, if you look at the, the pieces, the elements, and you realize that this is not working, quit and move on. Pivot. Like your business will not look the same day one than it does day 331. So if you're married to the idea of it looking a certain way, you've already set yourself up to fail. No, no lie. Take it from anybody. I don't care. Me, Alyssa, your mama, just do something that's not going to put you in a position to not succeed. That's really what that comes down to. And I, I'm so passionate about that. I'm sorry. I'm I'm like, there you're yelling because it's, it's so painful to watch. It really is. It really is. Especially when you know that there are people and ideas and businesses in your community that deserve to be all the way up there. And they're just, oh my stuck, God. they're stuck in this way of thinking and it's, I, I understand it's hard to get out of, but the only way for us to propel ourselves the way that we deserve to propel is to break out of the, the habits that we've formed is to find ourselves in, you know, places where we can be educated. And that doesn't have to mean, you know, going and get a degree, speak to other people, Find people like not listen to a podcast. There are things out there. There's bits and pieces of information that can help inform you as to, you know what? I have an idea. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. It's not working. Sometimes all you need is a shake from somebody else to yeah. be like, what you're doing is not working. Yeah. Let's change. Let's switch gears. Let's do X, Y, or Z. Have you performed a SWAT? Do you understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, the industry that you're in? It could, it could be, and a lot of times I see this with proposals because when I see proposals... Another grant form, another rejection. Feel like giving up? You're not alone. Grants can be hard to figure out sometimes, but what if I told you that there's a clearer way? Join countless others mastering the art of grant applications, transforming confusion into confidence by going through the application step-by-step step and breaking down the best way to answer the questions for maximum success. Click the link below for the live archive and stop just applying aimlessly. Let's thrive. I have, because of who I am and how I am as a person, I don't just think of people as an application. This isn't just application 572 for grant number 375, right? right. This is a person who, whether or not they are eligible, whether or not they're X, Y, or Z, believes, hopefully, in what they're doing. Right. And so when I read your application, I'm thinking about you as a person. And I'm thinking about your business as a whole. And a lot of times what I right. see, some people don't realize they have a great idea, wrong industry. Mm. They have a great yeah. product, wrong delivery system. Mm. Right. And they're so married and stuck to the idea of certain things have to be a certain way or look a certain way. And they can't get away from that, that they're robbing themselves the opportunity to 100%. succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I can't call what that is, but y'all, I'm going to need y'all to shake that today because woof, there is so much. And the thing is, like, I'll look at, because I, I deal with a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients are in real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And private equity, there's so much money out there, girl. So much. Trillions trillions of dollars just floating around waiting to be waiting to to make people, some money i know people think it's a joke all of the time there are three 
private foundations. One of them is Bill Gates and his husband and his wife's um, foundation. They <laughs> hand out almost $49 million in grant funding annually. And people yeah. don't realize the amount of money that's out there is yeah. absolutely insane. When you see the number, it's billions and billions and billions of dollars waiting yeah. to be claimed. All they're looking for is somebody to tell whoever the grant committee is or the funding committee is who I am, what I'm doing, why it's you know going to be of service, why it's a great idea, why it deserves this money. And yeah. they are there ready to hand it to you. Yeah, cut the check immediately. No, no delays, no 69, no, no net 30s, 90s, 80s, hundreds. No, tomorrow. No, tomorrow. no payment plans, no nothing. I'm cutting yeah. you thirty thousand dollar check after I just read two pages of information because it was that good. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, there's so much money out there. And and the thing is. What happens, unfortunately, with our community and a lot of the the case is, especially like those top down like uh, organizations where the funds come from the government and then they have to just uh, deploy it. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, nobody's using it, so what now? Yeah, that is definitely something that happens a lot. A lot of times, especially because grants are primarily funded, and again, this is a misconception, they're not coming from Fortune 500 companies, they're coming right. from private foundations. A lot of times, if year after year, I'm, let's say I have a foundation that's allocating $5 million to grant funding, if year after year, only 2 million of that is being used, then next year, only $2 million is going to be allocated. Right. Now, because of the lack of applications, because of the lack of good applications for for lack of better words, yeah. Yeah, for the lack of um, good applications, for the lack of people understanding how to apply to grants, whether right. or not they're eligible, how to communicate what needs to be communicated in order to receive the funding, you've now taken $3 million out of the pot. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. And we've already, we're already like sitting here fighting for scraps. It's wild. Yeah, we, we definitely need to talk because I'm sure you have some good ideas about what I'm what I'm gonna ask you about. But girl, I you know what I realized? Like I've I've given I've completely conceded to the angry black woman trope. I'm I'm her. Yeah. And that's okay. Because mm -hmm. you know what, yeah. there's someone out there ready to fund the angry black woman trope. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm ready. Because I'm it really bothers me. It really, really bothers me. Like I, if I think about it too much, I might cry, like for real, because it's, it's just, we're already, we're already economically at a disadvantage. We're already not positioned. We don't have the education. A lot of this information is democratized. Like just when you look at all the things already working against us and then you just know it's out there. <laughs> Girl, don't make me mad here. Don't make me mad. There's a lot of times, I think the times when I get the most upset is when I see black and brown owned businesses apply for grants and they have a great, again, great business idea, yeah. wrong industry. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, if I were allowed to reach out to this person and say mm -hmm. something X, Y, and Z, this person really could be, you know, propelled into the stratosphere it's with the what they have going on. And I get so incredibly upset because again, we're already at a disadvantage. And a lot of times I don't know necessarily who I'm working for. I get, ha I get handed, you know, this is the grant that you're processing for. This is what the requirements are. This is what we're looking for. We want you to use your best judgment and discernment in this area, in this area. But by reading the, what they're handing me on the back end, a lot of times I can kind of suss out, not necessarily who I'm working for, but the kind of people that they are. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of times it is Caucasian people with the Caucasian money looking for other Caucasian businesses. Now, when I do get the people that are asking specific questions like what your ethnicity is, if you're applying for a grant and they're asking what your ethnicity is, I want you to realize eight out of 10 times, it's because they're specifically looking for a person in a specific group. And yeah. a lot of times that has to do with, again, 
PR. It has to do with tax write-offs. It has to yeah. do with government funding. It has to do with things like that. And a lot of people yeah. don't realize that because the reality is, what does the color of my skin have to do with my business idea? Right. right. Unless you have a quota to me, unless you have something specific that you are looking for, mm -hmm. it, it genuinely has nothing to do with my business. Right. right? So when you're looking at grants like the Fearless Fund that are specifically geared to our community, Wait, I don't need to ask. Hold, hold on one second. I should you not. I just wrote down Fearless Fund. I can't, you can't see it. I just wrote I down. I get their emails fearless all fund. the time. I got three of them before we were on this call, right? Because they got the summit going on. They got all sorts of stuff going. I get all of the emails, right? And again, I don't, I can't say specifically that I've worked for them, but I have an inkling because of what I see that mm -hmm. a lot of times when stuff get handed to you in the background, yeah. it looks different than how it's presented to the public, right? You have yeah. a ton more information. There's a ton more that needs to be looked at. There's, uh, there, there are a lot of gray zones. There are hard yeah. stops. There are soft stops, right? There yeah. are, this is an absolute no. There's a, this is a maybe we'll consider it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that, that isn't something that you see as an individual or as a business when you apply to a grant, but that is something that the committee or the processors see when they're looking at your applications. Right. And a lot of times I can tell, again, if I'm, I'm reading the information, I'm going through the packet, I'm at the brief, I'm at the meeting, I'm asking questions, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And they want to know what area your business is serving in. I mean, geographically, yeah. they want to know what the color of your skin is. Mm. They want to know, you know, your ethnicity. They want to know how much you earn in a specific amount of time serving this community and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It's because they've already decided they're looking for a specific type of person to fund. Right. 100%. Damn. Okay, I have one more question before we go into your business because we need to know about you now, Alyssa. People, right? We will figure that out <laughs> eventually, I guess. But so, how do you feel about what is going on with the Fearless Fund? I don't know if you heard about them being uh, sued, essentially for um, who knows what? What is it really? But yeah, have you heard about them being sued? And how, what are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? I think there is again, there is a lot of nuance. And there's a because there's so much mystery around funding, whether it's VC funding, whether it's grant funding, whether it's government funding, because it's so mystified and misunderstood, yeah. I think it's very easy a lot of times for people to feel like maybe they aren't being treated fairly or et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. And without like knowing the details of who did what, who was responsible for X, Y, and Z, it's really hard to say. But I, it's disappointing to see, especially because they are one of the people or one of the collectives of businesses and VCs that are funding people that look like us. It, it was definitely disheartening to see that they were being sued. But we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Fair. I, again, I... as, as someone in the background, I know a lot of times, again, if there's a hard stop and a soft stop and I pass something with a soft stop al along, if I'm not, you know, like the final person deciding the 10 finalists, if I'm not the person that's doing that, and I pass along a soft stop, that person may have different hard and soft stops than I have. If they right. get my soft stop and they're like, okay, if they get to this point, but they don't have X, Y, or Z, then unfortunately you got to push it back down. It's, it's not going to move forward. Then I, I'm not able to see that. Right. Unless I am that person, I'm getting a different brief from the person next to me. The person above me is getting a different brief from everybody else underneath. And unless I'm able to see or say who's doing what and what the requirements are and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes some of these these grants and the requirements and stuff that they do behind the scenes are a little bit shady. Crazy. And sometimes they're not always. Again, they're not all, all altruistic. They're not about giving people money because we want everyone to succeed. And it's yeah. it's, it's not about that, right? It is self serving. And yeah. essentially, once you understand that, it's easier to see how something or a collective like that can get caught up in some, some messy stuff. 
Yeah. But I'm really hoping that that's not the case. With them, yeah. Mm. <sighs> okay. Maybe we. I have I have so many questions for you outside of this conversation. Okay, we'll we'll talk. But listen. Okay, so tell us about your business, please. You said there was a for profit and the non profit element. Could you tell us about both? Yes. So I actually grew up in the Caribbean. I grew up on a small island called Trinidad, which is in the Lesser Antilles, right off the coast of Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And the ocean has always been my first love. Whenever mm-hmm. I was sad, whenever I was stressed out, whenever I was going through it. My mom would take us to the beach and literally all of those things would just melt away. My insecurities, my body dysmorphia, et cetera, stress about school life, just living in the culture that I was living in. My relief has always been the ocean. So when I enlisted in the Navy and I started traveling and what my job assignment was in the Navy was to be a program manager for the religious ministries program. And a lot of what we do has to do with counseling, community service, you know, getting people connected in the community so that they can be of service and, you know, propel that sort of communicative mission that the Navy has wherever Mm -hmm. they are in the world. And I was primarily overseas. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of things that I was disappointed in, in terms of not specific. I I can't specifically say the Navy, but... You know, people were were dumping things in places they weren't supposed to be dumping them. Or we would, I would do, let's say I organize a beach cleanup. And I would think to myself, I'm organizing a beach cleanup today. And I understand that helps the locals enjoy this beach for the next two weeks. But the reality is because of the systems in place, two weeks from now, it's going to be dirty again. Yeah. Of consumption and X, Y, or Z. A month from now, it's going to be a place that the locals can can walk. And being from a small island, I understand, I think, better than a lot of people that I've come in contact with living Mm -hmm. here in the U.S., just how much what you do on a regular basis impacts people living in smaller communities. Yeah. When our ecosystem in places like the Caribbean is disrupted, you are messing with people's lives. You're messing with their food supply. You're messing with the biodiversity that helps support life on that island. Look at Hawaii and what they're going through right now. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started my business, which is a swimwear business, um, back in 2017, it had a lot to do with feeling like I wasn't being of service to my community and I'm talking about my community back home. I'm talking about my community of people that live on small islands, my community of people that are trying to do something about the economic um, and environmental impacts of how we consume as much as we consume. And I felt like there had to be a solution. And I, I wanted to take on the world, right? You know, that mentality that I have to fix it. I have to do something about it. And again, I had to do my SWAT and I had to realize I've got to take a corner. Yeah. Take a corner and figure out how I can do the work in my corner. And for me, that turned out to be swimwear. One, because I was really passionate about helping people that were having insecurities surrounding their body. I have Mm -hmm. body dysmorphia and I know for a very long time that was very difficult to deal with. So even feeling confident enough to wear a swimsuit in public was a big deal, right? And then I had to look at the industry as a whole. Again, you understand what industry you're in. How is what I'm looking to do typically done and how can I do it differently? How can I solve not necessarily the entire problem, but how can I be part of the solution so that if others are just, to follow suit that we make a bigger impact. And then beyond that, how do I make this something that isn't self-serving? It isn't just about me and my body dysmorphia. It isn't just about me and my little country in this corner of the world. How do I make an impact so much so that other people want to be a part of that, right? I always tell people and people think it's strange when I say this, my business is not about selling somewhere. My yeah. business is about, is about people understanding how you, what you're consuming impacts all of us and that when you make the choice to buy the swimmer, that you're buying swimmer that it is 
in its sense is made with those you know things in mind and as well is going to serve the purpose the mission right so when mm-hmm. we're making this when we're um i use econail and i use um reprieve i use one company out of indonesia um i actually met a group of ladies while i was traveling in indonesia um and so what happens is that plastic waste and plastic um bottles nylon fishing nets etc um are rescued from the ocean by volunteer divers that is then taken to a processing facility where it's regenerated and turned into textile then we take that and we turn that into the fabric then that goes from there to the collective that i'm working with in indonesia and i again it was it was just cosmic right like i met these people on accident on yeah. a family vacation in indonesia and it's a group of 10 women um who sew the swimwear by hand in indonesia um i work with them on designs grading things like that and then once it gets to me and we do all the final stages things when someone purchases the swimmer one percent goes to one percent for the planet and then the other four percent it goes to a charity of our choosing or the company's choosing um a lot of them are listed on our website and we kind of rotate through them based on what's happening um there's a lot of things happening in hawaii right now so i think for example if you were to purchase something right now we would want to look for a charity that is on the grounds over there doing something to help the locals while COVID was happening a lot of the charitable donations were being sent to hospitals or organizations that were working to get hospitals the supplies that they needed. Um, during Plastic Free July, um, the donations are sometimes sent to that organization. It really just changes and it depends on what's going on. But I always wanted to be about how we can be of service right now with where we are. I understand that I don't have the capacity to just go out and clean up all the ocean waste. Right. However, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to sell swimwear, if I'm going to make shoes, I'm going to make handbags, whatever it is you're doing, think about how can I do what I want to do, but also be of some sort of service. I want to hug you. <laughs> I just feel compelled to hug you. <laughs> and if you didn't want to hug, I wouldn't do it. I you know. gladly accept Oh my gosh, because the way you even articulated your brand story is just so perfect and the tie-in and like it's it's so good. Like you get it and I just want to hug you because you get it. (laughs) I tell people even when I'm speaking you, I understand that everybody is not always as passionate about their business as I am about mine. However, you look at how I said what I said and the way that you responded. I understand what industry I'm in. I understand that it's in an industry where typically there's a lot of waste, there's mm-hmm. a lot of overconsumption, et cetera, et cetera. I explained my why. Okay, yeah. it personally ties back to me, but I'm telling you how it's of service to other people. When you understand those things, whether it's speaking to someone about your business, whether it's a pitch competition, whether it's you know a slide deck that you have to submit, whether it's a grant form that you're filling out on SurveyMonkey, whatever it is, right. when you understand those core things, yeah. it's easy to articulate who you are, what you're doing, why. When you've done your SWAT, you can say, you know, I understand that it's a highly competitive business. I understand how I'm different. I understand how to market how I'm different. I understand what are the threats and I can tell you what I'm doing about it, right? Those are the things that set you up for success. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm like... I'm, my heart is so full. Between yesterday and today, I am full. I could, like, take a nap. And I don't even nap. So I could. I really could. Like, that's... Yeah, that's amazing. See, I want more Alyssa's in the world. <laughs> like, I just want so many more Alyssa's. I just want to take you, just, like, copy and paste. And just, just like, here, fill out this application. It's, you all, of, it's all yeah. about information. Yeah. When I first started, even just in my business, I knew my why. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything else. Right. 
didn't completely understand my market the first year that I was trying to launch. It took me three years to launch because I had to step back and be like, I may not know, I don't have to know everything to launch. And a lot of people feel like they need to, you don't, but you do have to understand some very core things, right? If you're not doing something with purpose, it's easy to get lost. Yeah. You don't understand the industry that you're working with. It's easy to get lost. Yeah. If you don't understand how to do very core things that you need in order to operate a business, it will feel easy to get lost. And a lot of times when I see people that look like me want to be in the position where they're receiving these grant funds, a lot of times what it is, is that they simply don't have that education. They don't have core understanding. And I think it's so unfortunate because all of the information is out there. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. How much have you been awarded to date? Uh, a lot. Okay. Okay. You don't have to a say lot. this. Man. Okay. I believe you. Yeah. Five, five figures. We're not at six figures yet, but mm-hmm. it's okay. okay. I mean, I'm sure you're going to do it. And I'm sure seven figures is in your future too. So I'm sure. Dang, that's great. I I kind of want to end it on this note because mm-hmm. this is such a high point and I'm like, I really feel like energetically like full. So Alyssa, please, first of all, tell us where to shop your swimwear line, please. Yeah, um, you can shop solteria.com. That's S-O-U-L-T-E-R-I-A. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Um, we're really working right now with the last bit of funding that we got to really ramp up marketing. Okay. Um, a lot of times you can have a good product and not understand. I don't have a, ma- a marketing background. That's wow. not my wheelhouse. And I think what I had to realize while I was, you know, doing my SWAT, while I was continuously assessing where I was, is that one of the areas where I wasn't necessarily failing, but not doing as well as I could was marketing. Um, because once people knew who I was, what I was doing, why I was doing it, we were in front of the public and we were seeing the numbers, right? We were seeing the sales come in. We were seeing um, the site business and things like that. But right. if you have a great product, but no one knows who you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. And it's the same when I'm reading these grant proposals if you have a great service, but you can't tell me how you're going to get it in front of the people that are already willing to pay for it, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to hand you money. Yeah, and that's all a function of like targeting and understanding what understanding what industry. Industry. yeah, right. it it's it all ties back to those core things. And I think once we start educating ourselves about that and demystifying it, because there, a lot of times. I will see someone or a business and I will think I get grants for this all of the time. And I say, Hey, have you considered applying for a grant? And they're like, no, it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Like me don't ever get money, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, that's not at all true. Yeah. I think that fear of being told no or failing stops us a lot of times from doing things. And I, one thing that I always, always credit to my mother is that I am not afraid to fail. No, I am not afraid to fall flat on my face. Yeah. The reality is the more that I do that, the more likely as I move forward, you're going to learn. Yeah. You're going to learn. It's like when you're a kid, your mom tells you not to do something and you do it anyway, you get hurt and you're like, okay, I understand when I'm told X, Y, or Z, that Mm -hmm. is reason. And you move forward in life, you learn things and you constantly learn. And you adapt, you change, same as in your business. If something is not working, pivot. If you have a great idea, but it's not reaching the people that it needs to reach, it may just be your marketing. It may just be your SEO. It it could be a multitude of things. But if you're so married to the idea of what you're already doing, that it has to work the way that you're doing it, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I... Okay, I'm going to go ahead and declare it. Anybody who came before this episode, y'all just going to have to be mad because this is my favorite episode. I said it. This is my favorite mental money podcast episode. This is number one. Number one. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. As yeah. a first part-time 
podcast interview. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah, no, that's that's number one, hands down. And I've had like a lot of faves, but no, this is this one takes the cake. Okay, we're good. We're good. All right, you guys. Um, I'm gonna leave all of the links for you guys to shop her store. Um, make sure you do that because she gave you everything. <laughs> like there's there may be one thing I'm gonna ask her to do for us off air, but she gave you everything. She gave you 99. All right. There's one percent left, which is the SWOT analysis, which we'll talk about but uh yeah one she gave you 99 so go ahead and pull up on her and give her 99 too okay um i appreciate you so much i can't even really put into words how much i do like this is this has been the one yeah so yeah y'all um thank you Alyssa. listen to whatever's coming up next week follow on tiktok all the things all right i'm not even gonna do this all right bye y'all I, I okay thank you for tuning into mental money where we've explored the transformative power of mindset in your financial journey. Remember, your potential knows no bounds. Now it's time to take action. Start by subscribing to our podcast to never miss an empowering episode. Join our vibrant community of minority women in business by following us on social media. Connect with like-minded individuals, share your story, and gain exclusive insights to fuel your success. Visit our website, mentalmoneypodcast.com for valuable resources, show notes, and bonus content. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us grow and reach even more ambitious women like yourself. Together, let's break barriers, shatter glass ceilings, and rewrite the rules of success. Keep empowering your mindset and remember, with mental money, your financial future is limitless.